me. Show number 340, Squeefest. You've got to throw some cold water on the situation. System activated. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a sh- ton cooler than your typical geek. You guys rock. And now, here's Will. And thank you, everyone. Another edition of NetHeads, but a special one. Where we are not necessarily crashing the stream, but we are joining uh, our good friend, uh, frequent talk to partner, and a guy who's doing something more better, more better, run with it, uh, than we ever do, which is to actually do something meaningful. Uh, He's always done wonderful things, uh, always involving the pets of our world, and that is another than the Dr. Squee, because this is Squee Fest, folks, so... Here's my my wonderful view that you see of him so that I can bring him into this. It's not sexy, it's not glossy, but it works. Uh, Squee, uh, what hour are you into to let the people know? And more importantly, let's give them the full details again about how you can donate to the the Squee Fest Drive to benefit uh, Phoenix Rehoming. First of all, uh, Will, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for the third time to be on Squeefest. Three for three, uh, full points to you. And uh, we are in hour 12. So we are literally halfway at this point through the event. Uh, I've had the bit where I kind of like, uh, where I've been nice and awake. Then I got a little bit sleepy in the middle. The latest uh, pot of coffee has just kicked in. So I've just got my second wind. Uh, It's always the toughest. Uh, Here in the UK, it's uh, 2 a.m., and so it's kind of dark out, and that's where you start to feel the kind of 12 hours of talking because uh, the natural uh, lack of natural light. But uh, here's how you donate. You go to drsquee.com. This year we made it really simple. We just redirected my website to the Facebook fundraising page. I have said to people, um, obviously, if you've got Facebook, please donate through there. If you don't, go straight to phoenixrehoming.co.uk where you can donate directly. Maybe just write a little comment saying uh, Squeefest so they can let me know. Uh, but if not, I don't care. Just as long as the money goes to those wonderful dogs. Uh, we got our own dog, uh, Benton, from uh, from Phoenix. And uh, for those watching on video, here's a picture of uh, Benny with uh, our Dottie as well there in the background. Uh, both rescue dogs, uh, Benny uh, being from Phoenix themselves. And we are so far, we had a target going in of £500. Um, we were already at um, like something like three, 380 something uh, when ah, we started the day, which is good. just ridiculous. Uh, and we're now on 505 pounds. So we've beaten the target, but we want to smash the target. We want to uh, rescue as many dogs as we can here. I don't, you know, and I fully support that and fully endorse that because two out of my three dogs are, are rescue dogs. Although, um, and, and it's funny too, because I don't know what, people's perception of of rescue dogs are but you know they're just they're dogs folks it you know in some cases depending on where they come from they may require special attention but other than that they're just dogs it's just funny for me though because uh mine the two out of three they are purebred samoyeds not necessarily of the breast best breeding quality just meaning that they were kind of in a a puppy farm slash horde uh in um i can't remember what state here in 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 the united states but it was it was not a good scene and so they came to us 
And there is actually the uh, ASPCA, I think, put out a special uh, that was about uh, about saving uh, kind of dogs from from hoarded or situations like this. And it, it really is about about helping an animal learn to be loved and, and helping them learn what it means to be a, a people dog rather than, you know, a wild or feral animal practically. And, and yep. our, our two dogs are the absolute, uh, best now they, and it's amazing seeing where they've come from and where they are now. So any, any charity, any group that's helped support rehoming dogs and finding dogs homes is one that I am more than happy to, to give up my time for. So thank you for the invitation to be able to help out in this manner. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, sir. Thank you. I mean, uh, the generosity of everyone, both with the money, their time, their support of, of all different types. Uh, there've been people doing raffles and selling t-shirts, all sorts of things. Um, and it's been just staggering to me. Uh, Benny, our dog, uh, he was uh, rescued. So uh, Phoenix rescued dogs from all around Europe and then bring them here to the UK to, for their forever homes, uh, a lot of which would, would go to kill shelters otherwise. Benny himself was found at the side of a road, four weeks old. He was destined to either get run over somewhere or to end up in one of these kill shelters. Mm. And uh, when he came over to the UK, you say about additional needs for, for dogs from certain areas. He was from in rural Romania. He gets, um, you know, as, as gently as possible, kind of uh, brought here to the UK. But then he's suddenly in the city of Southampton, where I am now, uh, uh, with kind of lots of cars, which he's not used to. This uh, weird magical box, which has people trapped in it, called the TV. Uh, all this stuff, which is just his senses just going overload for. And he had major anxiety. Uh, I was joking earlier that it's like, to begin with, I was like, uh, well, we want to be careful. We don't want to medicate away his personality or anything like that. After a week of him just going nuts and eating our sofa, we're just going like, is there any experimental drugs you want to give him? Anything you want? Like, that's fine. We're good. Like, uh, we don't joke about yeah. it, but it's like. How hard is it to get CBD really oil in the UK? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do now. I mean. Honestly, I joke about this, but genuinely, I, I say this to illustrate that it can be really tough to begin with. And when you're dealing with a puppy, it just usually is. But especially if they've got these additional needs. Two years in, though, two, he's two and a half now. And the, a sweeter, more gentle, more loving uh, dog you can wish for. And it's it's worth all that effort. And the, the thing I love about Phoenix is you can get these younger dogs who, uh, you know, need that extra help in that way. Uh, you can also get older dogs who've uh, never really had a fair chance and they just needed a, a stable home that they're, they're, they're up and ready apart from that. You know, they, they are, they're already trained, they're already ready to go. And for some people, it suits their lifestyle better to have an older dog. And, and they've got that breadth of different dogs, which they're helping out. And they just, I couldn't say enough wonderful things. They never have a surplus of money. And then during lockdown, when people return dogs, mm. cause they, rescued them without really realizing the responsibility and realizing that after lockdown ends they still have to be able to look after the dog having them sent back it's a wonder this charity didn't go under so um just i can't say enough good stuff about them excellent yeah it's uh bars came through the um san francisco samoyed rescue so i think it's samoyed rescue of san francisco i'm not sure which one but i should because we're members uh they uh it was a very interesting experience and a very humbling one, especially when you are accustomed to dogs that have been raised in a household as puppies. And like Rika, the male was, 
They said two years old, but uh, all of their ages were guesses based on dental state. So I think the way it happened is Rika was actually younger than they suspected. I think he was around one year because uh, he did some growing and some filling out. And then our female, Yuki, they estimated she's at three years. And they're still very, very uh, jumpy, but they're also very, very uh, wonderful and loving dogs. And and last year during lockdown, we actually, uh, my family, I don't want to say conned me, but uh, they, they wanted another little dog. We had had a dachshund that we unfortunately lost, I think, in 2019. And... So my daughter wanted another uh, wiener dog. And I'm just like, I, I, my, my wife knew that that's not going to fly. But your dad has always wanted a corgi. And we just happened to find the right one at the right time with the right breeder and uh, brought him home. And I often joke about it, but I also think it's true because one of the big things that they say in, in a situation where you are bringing in these these dogs that require extra love and learning and patience that it's very helpful for them to have like a helper dog as well already in the house and uh in this particular case i think that the puppy coming in and them seeing that i loved and cared for the puppy and didn't um do anything bad to it. I know that sounds odd, but run with me here. Uh, because of that, the male dog just suddenly opened up to me on a whole new level. And I, I joke off actually that we wouldn't have the Corgi if, if Rika had warmed up to me just a little sooner uh, through this. But I don't think, I think it's like kind of the, the chicken and the egg. You don't really know which one would have come first. But uh, I, I am, uh, I've always been a dog lover. Nothing against cats. It's just they're kind of hit or miss personality wise sometimes, but dogs always seem to be just that wonderful, positive, excited energy that you kind of always want in your life. And they're always there when you need them. So it's great for us to be there when they need us as well. Um, so don't forget, folks, go to uh, it's is it just the Dr. Squee. Put it up again. Leave it up the whole time, man. Don't drop it at any time. Go to drsquee.com. There we go, folks. Just just how it sounds. I like saying that because, honestly speaking, every time I went to go type something about this, I'm like, okay, wait, how do you spell squee again? It should be easy. But there you go. Uh, please. The, the yeah. only thing I will say, you see, I, I used, like, the re one of the reasons I started using this pseudonym was my real first name, Ian, is spelled I-A-I-N. And I thought, Dr. Squee, it, it's spell as it sounds, can't go too far wrong, with, whereas with my name, you can. Uh, what I didn't realize is people go, oh, DR Squee. It's yeah. like, no, it's the full word doctor. I've, I've, I've done myself again, is you what I meant to do. You can't win for trying, friends. Uh, and if you're yeah. listening to this after the fact, folks, or uh, catching it on video, it's Dr. Squee spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-Q-E-E.com. S-Q-U-E-E. That's what I said. I said, oh, I didn't say the U. What do you, what do you know? SQUEE.com. You can donate anytime afterwards, and I would appreciate your support. Uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be throwing a few of my own hard-earned shekels at it right after uh, this. So please do uh, do do that now. Uh, Squee, I'm not going to <laughs> Squee. You're just like my name is Ian, but I still that's just no no no. I get my Squee. Squee's good. Um, and and by the way, too, good call because I I know and I've seen your name and it's Ian. But man, I just would never, if I had gun to my head and somebody asked me to spell your first name, I got maybe a 25% chance of survival at that point, because I know many different Ian's and spelled so many different ways and yours, I've never seen spelled that way before. Just, but that's it's, me. It's, I'm in the States. Ignore me. Um, thing. 
I'm sure you've had discussions about this uh, to your heart's content. Let's put it that way. Uh, but I find it very, very interesting that the day before this happens, the day before you and I have this conversation, suddenly the news drops that RTD is coming back to who I'm sure you've explained it to everyone else, but please, for my own edification, what's your reaction to this news? Honestly, man, like, yeah, obviously, whenever something like this drops, given that I did a Dog 2 podcast for uh, 300 episodes, you do tend to get a few messages when something like that drops. But uh, I've been so busy uh, showing out this, I really haven't spoken about it that much. And I was very lucky earlier on the event, we actually had Sophie Aldred, Ace herself from Classic Dog 2 on the bill, and we got to talk to her about the wonderful news. Uh, to me, it is an astounding time. I mean, uh, you and I have talked a little bit about the fact, you know, just messaging back and forth on Facebook about the fact that uh, maybe some of the stuff uh, in the Chibnall era has not been to our liking uh, and uh, nothing against Jody for me and, and I believe not for you. Um, but just I, I just don't think some of the storylines just went to my taste. That's yeah. all I'll say. I'm not out to hate. The, well, the best, the best thing that I can say about the Chibnall area is that it always has a lot of notable and enjoyable quirky moments. It has a lot of notable and enjoyable things, but you, you know, you can't really string together a coherent story just with quirkiness and interesting, but that's just me. Again, I don't get to make Doctor Who, so I'm not going to really say anything negative other than mm, maybe it wasn't for my, to my liking, but it's still, at least it's some who, um, when it comes to hearing that Russell T. Davies is coming back, I think back to my experience with the uh, reinvention of Doctor Who, the reintroduction, the reboot. And, you know, I was not taking this in uh, in a timely fashion. I crammed all uh, of the of the previous doctors in uh, from the new era right before Matt Smith came on as Eleven. And so for yeah. me, uh, you know, I actually just think of the RTD era as this one gigantic, interesting story with its little stages. And, you know, honestly speaking, it was a very good era to be a fan and look what it hyped yeah. up and ramped up. So, you know, I and, and the other thing that I've heard from others is just how much of a... Uh, of, uh, pardon me, let me rephrase, uh, just how much he has improved upon himself in his years since who becoming a better writer, becoming a better yeah. showrunner and storyteller. So that makes me even more excited. I mean, my take on it is this, uh, when Doctor Who came back in 2005, I've been a Doctor Who fan all my life. I, I've grown up with the show. Uh, some people have joked that like in the UK, you grow up knowing what a Dalek is on instinct without even having to see it on Doctor Who. That's the kind of like uh, world in which I was born into. And uh, I love the show. And when it came back in 2005, even the things I didn't love about it, I kind of loved. So, like, they made it a bit more populist. They made it a bit more, like, uh, they brought in some soap opera elements to have that relatable human touch, which maybe was missing uh, a bit more in the original run of the show. You never really got into the... Uh, 
emotional dynamics maybe of people outside like you know what's it like for their family when they're off traveling in time and space some of those elements for me are like better than others however i saw what that did to the show how popular it made it how many more people it reached than if you just did a really intricate time travel story which as much as i'm always there for that all day long that's going to lose some people and already i'm hearing an outpouring of so many people going right i haven't watched it for now like or you know after the last season i was done like i wasn't going to watch it again or i didn't watch the last series because i didn't like this particular iteration i think the amount of people that rtd both uh dogs who fans traditionally and people who will rediscover the show through him because they loved It's a Sin, for instance, his recent uh, uh, drama. I think it is going to have a massive research in, in viewing figures. Some people have talked correctly about the fact that viewing habits do change and the fact that uh, now we've got stream, blah, blah, blah. There are so many dynamics which go into why uh, viewing figures would be down. Even so, though, it has sunk in a way that there, there are certain, there's a certain chunk of the viewing figures you can't explain away by saying the plus seven viewing figures or streaming. There is there are some people who've turned away from the show. Um, and I think we'll be able to see be able to measure that particularly when RTD comes back. And I, I think again, he does bring people to the show who wouldn't usually watch a show like Doctor Who. The other thing that I'm excited about it is that I think it also represents an ability for us to get a second bite at the apple for some of the things that we may have really enjoyed about the show uh, because uh, throughout his era, I feel like there was a much more diverse writer's room, meaning like you can still get a chance to have a Moffat story get told in the RTD area because he wrote stories. We have the potential again for having Gaiman maybe coming back, even though he seems to be busy executive producing a bunch of stuff now. Um, yeah. but it, it's, it's just, it's an opportunity to where I think, I think a lot of people will come back to the table that, uh, in one way, shape or form that, that, you know, they may not have, uh, in, in the current iteration. Cause I don't, and and by diverse, I just mean other writers. I don't mean like the actual diversity of the writer's room. Uh, but like for me, I'm excited about that too, because it means we might still get, like a Moffat storyline, because that is one of the things that stood out for me the most. And part of what excited me going into the Matt Smith era was finding out that Moffat was, was running it after having seen like the girl in the fireplace. And, uh, uh, uh is it don't, is, is it blink? Just blink, right? Uh, yeah. Blink. And, uh, the, uh, the empty child and the doctor dances. He did yeah. that too. Oh yeah. From season one. Great. Great. Yeah episodes and and, and uh you know it's, it's a great story so I, i'm really excited about it i think it's just the type of thing that you know even though it, it might be a little stunty given everything that's going on um i think it's also just the right kind of stunting that we need right now because like you said there has been chatter that maybe things have not necessarily gone to plan or that you know as some people have just like this it's not my cup and they move on which is fine but i think this will also bring people back all i know is it, it felt like well, let me put it this way i live in america we've made that clear uh it has been in the past that i have seen like when my daughter was in elementary school i saw kids dressed up as matt smith's doctor okay in america so that just goes to show that the the show itself has a, a strength to it that that is international and that it has something 
that can draw all different kinds in. As a matter of fact, the Matt Smith era was the one that I watched with my daughter before, you know, she entered into her teens and thought I wasn't cool anymore. Um, and, and so I, I got a lot of fond memories of that era and, and everything leading up to that, it was, it, there was a very big zeitgeist all around for it. And that's kind of where I want to see it get back to. I feel like somehow near the end of the Moffat and the beginning of the Chibnall area, just something, I don't want to say it got lost, but I don't know. It just, it seemed like a certain synergy died down. And so I'm excited yeah. about this new news. Very excited. Um I mean, to me, the thing I've kind of said about the Jodie Whittaker era, like for whatever other plot problems I might have with it, um, my thing is that even though you had the first female Doctor, it seems they were writing more towards Graham as the lead than the Doctor. And it's that thing of... Um, uh, there's there's this, this joke which Bill Bailey tells, which uh, Bill Bailey's uh, a British comedian, and it's about uh, three women walk into a bar. Uh, the first woman goes, uh, "I'll have a pint." Being confident, modern woman, I'm not afraid to drink a pint in a bar like you know, like the men do. Second woman goes up and goes, "Hey, look at the bum on that bloke." Given that I'm a modern, uh, you know, 21st century woman, I can admire the male form and not be worried about being called any nasty names. Third woman goes in, lifts up top, going, hey, look at my boobs. And the first one goes, oh, crap, we're never going to escape the fact that it's a bloke telling this joke. <laughs> and I feel a bit the same about a, a male showrunner writing for a female doctor. Now, I think actually RTD probably could do that a bit more deftly. Uh, however, I think the problem is Chibnall is uh, still not quite getting you've got to write for the female doctor. That's still the lead. It's not the male lead. It's the lead of the show is the doctor. It always has to be the doctor. And that's, I feel like, uh, what he's kind of missed with it, to be frank. Well, I would agree. You know, not that I meant for this to be a big Doctor Who dissection, but I think the other thing, too, that I kind of... Well, each Doctor is a little bit different. However, uh, when you get into both Tennant's Doctor and Matt Smith's Doctor, I feel like there was a definite energy that those two had uh, and a certain something in their performance that always made it seem like they've mostly figured out what's going on and they are uh, just uh, trying to see how it plays out and uh, let the, uh, the give the villain a chance at redemption before dropping the hammer. And I really kind of felt like more of what was going on with Capaldi and, and then with Whitaker the doctor didn't seem to always be that one step ahead. Although in Capaldi's area, I didn't mind as much. I just felt like there's something in the Whitaker area where the doctor just wasn't being the doctor. And it wasn't because uh, yeah. it was a, uh, a female because I agree with Whitaker's breakdown. It's, you know, the doctor is an alien. So male, female doesn't matter. It's the doctor. That's it. Uh, so that said, I, I'm just, look, we just got to get through the next year. That's all we got to do. We got to get through 2022 and our specials. And well, actually, wasn't it, didn't I hear that we were originally supposed to get the new season starting off in, in the latter part of this year and then going into uh, specials in 2022? I, I Did I miss the mark here? Yeah, uh, that was uh, what I understood. I, I didn't hear any solid date, but I believe it's going to be late this year. We're going to start the run of the next series. 
as as you say, then the specials, and then uh, over to it'll be Russell T Davies uh, going into the 60th anniversary year and beyond. It's also been reported, so it's not just back for one year. Yeah, it's, and and there's like it's basically nine episodes and then three specials, something along those lines. Yeah, and plus let let's not forget. That's unheard of, by the way. There has never been a showrunner returned to Doctor Who. Even like in the in the old days, it wasn't even called showrunner. It was just the pro- executive producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we now term, uh, we get the American term of showrunner over here now. And uh, it's it's never happened before. I, I, I can't think of really many shows where a executive producer has gone away and come back again. Maybe Community. Thank you. I was just about to say Community. community. But that that wasn't a that wasn't a good a good situation. By the way, I don't mean to steal your thunder, and I'm going to give you this opportunity to validate it. But according to Amy Liddington on the Facebook uh, feed and the Facebook chat, there we go. It says you've hit your fundraising target. Is this true? Have, Did this happen during been... the NetHead slot? What a rip for you! Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I said at the beginning of the slot, and uh, thank you very much, Amy, for tuning in. She's in Wales, so I don't know what you're doing up at half two in the morning, but very glad to have you here uh, with your man Craig there. Uh, no, we um, we set a target originally of five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and we we smashed that like uh, at uh, it was eleven hours in, I believe. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. It was kind of like quite it was before actually no it was before the end of the first stream uh we've only had a drip feed of five pounds and since but it was one of those things whereby so many people donated in advance this year it just blew my mind we're at over 380 pounds before we began mm-hmm. that's just unheard of so uh i was kind of expecting there to be slightly less donations on the night but please guys if you can still afford anything please uh, uh send it our way just go to uh, drsquee.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-Q-U-E-E.com, uh, and you can donate anytime after uh, this as well. So uh, anything you can do to help yeah. uh, Phoenix Rehoming, a very good cause uh, and one that uh, now Squee obviously supports and I obviously support after the fact. Now, Squee, i got to ask you a question. Let's switch gears. We're going to pretend Please. this is an episode of NetHeads. Um, it is. But I'm saying we're going to pretend because I feel like I'm on your turf, even though I'm streaming out to our socials as well, just to make sure we get maximum coverage. um, I feel like I'm crashing your party. Uh, But, of course, that isn't going to stop my ego or my voice from continuing. I have to ask, when it comes to your mobile, uh, are you uh, iPhone or are you Android? I'm Android. Uh, I made the switch uh, quite a few years ago now, actually. I used to be uh, iPhone all the way. Once I switched, though, I really never looked back. Like, uh, if nothing else, I found every iPhone, it was going to be after a certain generation, the screen would crack if you looked at it too hard. Uh, The amount of times I've dropped this puppy and it's still going is just astounding. Well, I I will admit to you that I am not a man... I, I'm I'm a man of two worlds because I do have, for example, I think this is a Pixel 5a uh, in my hand here. And then over here, yeah. I've got the, uh, the iPhone as well. I tried to make the switch, especially when it came to um, the, I can't even remember which one it was. I think it was the Nexus 6p. Uh, but the Google Fi had been a very attractive uh, package for me, uh, when it came to mobile devices, I had been spending a ton of money, uh, on cell phone coverage and Google Fi sounded great. So I attempted to make the switch. What I found, however, is in my business life, uh, it was very impractical 
for me to uh, maintain a consistent communication through this only because most of the people that I work with are on this. So uh, I have the best of both worlds. So I have to, to, to ask you though, I've got the iPad here. So I, oh, I, there I, you I go. Kind of, I get you. Okay, good. So you, so you, you, you swing both ways as well. Good to know. Good to know. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I, so I, one of the things that was interesting this week is, uh, the 13, uh, came out, uh, in iPhone models. Great. I don't care. Each one is obviously going to have a little something like there's apparently a new video mode in the new iPhone that also gives you more of the digital single, uh, lens DSLR effect. I am like single lens reflex. I think that's what it is. Uh, it gives you more of that effect cause it'll do a focus feature. So that way it'll do a little more of kind of that portrait shot, but without it being portrait, uh, they've got optical character recognition now in the camera. So if you're taking a picture of something and it has some notable text on it that you wanted to grab or copy, there's a button you can print. very cool features. Uh, but the, the funny thing that I always find because I live in both worlds is that it really seems like no matter what other than these advances that the iPhone does in the camera and video area and, uh, in the way of the fact that the entire, uh, Apple podcast is integrated in the platform and there's genuinely not really one in Android, even though they do have the Google podcasts area. Um, I always find that the iPhone world is always trying to catch up with the innovations of the Android world, yet they don't get enough credit. That's the way I always feel about it, because it always yeah. seems like Apple gets the iPhone attention and the iPhone notoriety, and it's just like, like case in point, that, that text thing I talked about, right? Interesting feature, very interesting. But like in the, in the photo app for, for Google, if I were at a conference and I wanted to take, like, even though they'll give you the slide decks afterwards, if I wanted to take a picture of the slide deck, there was a bit ability to take the picture and it would also automatically crop it and improve it for me right there in the app. And now, you know, the, the text feature I talked about in Apple is coming out and, you know, we're talking about like 2019 versus now guys catch up, yeah. but what's your impression? Well, I feel like uh, for ages, and especially when, uh, let's face it, when Steve Jobs was with us, uh, the iPhone, it didn't just do a new model which had like yeah, slightly improved cameras, this little extra feature. It was like, no, here's something you never imagined would happen. Like, here is the, the iPod. Here's now the iPhone. Here's now this uh, new generation of it, which does something incredible else different. And it was always so in innovative. And I even remember Steve Jobs saying, it's like, oh, we'll never bother with one of these stupid damn stylus things. He dies, suddenly you get the eye pen. And it's just, it's... I like it's, it. On, look, I'm, I'm not going to front, brother. Yeah, it, When it comes to... The pencil is an absolute must when it comes to my iPad usage. Because, uh, honestly, when it came to the iPad, this was more about watching media when I traveled. And then once I integrated the pencil, it is something that allowed me to replace pen and paper for my everyday life and for business and for tracking. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm not going to front in that respect. Although I will say too, that there was a brief time where even though there was not an official Apple one, uh, I found it easier with these beefy thumbs to use it, Like some of those pen styluses. I probably, yep. Like, look, I've got one right here. 
uh, with the you know with the little stylus thing on the end of it. And even yeah. to this day, sometimes it's a little more accurate and less frustrating for me. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that it's like I I'm not saying any of these features aren't useful or aren't good in any way. It just feels like at some point they stopped doing these major quantum leaps forward in how it worked. And Android caught way up and started surpassing them, as you've kind of alluded to there. And at some point, it was just like, like uh, Pendulet did this wonderful joke of Pen and Telefame about uh, he brought this new iPhone and he was talking to a fellow magician, Piff the Magic Dragon. And uh, he goes, um, so basically, really, when you're talking about the new iPhone that you've just got, with all the little improvements or whatever, you really just bought this because it can make you look like a unicorn, didn't you? He goes, yeah, yeah, that really is why I bought it. That's the only reason. And I sort of feel like it just gets a bit embarrassing after a while that this this company which used to innovate, they used to change the game with every new iteration. Now it's like playing catch-up with Android, maybe getting little improvements that Android don't have yet sometimes. Uh, but uh, it used to be the only thing that Android had over them was it was a bit more adaptable. You could write stuff to it a bit easier, whereas uh, Apple was always a closed shop. Like, whatever mm-hmm. they wanted you to have on there is what you'd have on there. Um, uh, and and I feel like it just it, it just isn't that game changer anymore. It used to be. The iPhone isn't the iPhone. There is nothing like it. Yeah, and Android's a lot like it. Well, and the other thing, too, we keep referring to it as iPhone and Android, but let's let's face reality. We are literally comparing apples and oranges because Android <laughs> is an operating system, whereas iPhone is a is an actual model. So, you know, this is this is an iPhone device. Yes, it's running iOS, but iOS is the software. By the way, on the new one, where they even though they have like the three cameras still apparent the cameras are bigger, but sticks out even more than it does like on this one. Great innovation there, guys. No, no okay. lying. Four cameras, and this is, uh, if we want to go brand, this is the uh, Samsung Galaxy. Right. And I found them the innovators now. I really find they're the ones who always come up with something interesting and snacky. I don't know. I never realized the, because, you know, not to sound snootish, but I have always kind of had at least a semi-decent quality when it comes to the Android that I have. I've got the six Nexus 6P is buried in here, and then the Pixel 3 XL, I think it is, 3A XL, uh, the the less expensive version right because they these all of these models and yours as well the samsung have great cameras but you can also have much lower quality uh models of phones that run the android operating system and i was never aware of this until of all things my viewing habits on tiktok i can tell who is running a low quality Android phone based on the quality of the videos that they are run that they're recording. And I never realized that that was the difference. And I think that's the only reason as well that, that iPhone is kind of able to, uh, act prestigious because they've got hardware control from, from end to end. So, you, you know, you're always going to get the same type of picture quality on an iPhone, by the way, since we we both kind of take in the same type of media, I don't know if you were aware of this, and I don't mean to spoil anything for people when they're watching their entertainment, but were you aware of the iPhone entertainment clause for iPhones and, and uh, Apple products that are used in, in, in TV and film? No, please. Apparently, Apple will not allow their products to be used by the bad guys. 
So, <laughs> so like uh, in in the world of Marvel, you know, we 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 received this new character in Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I can't remember her name; it's so long, but played by Julie Louise Dreyfus. And people are trying to decide: is she good or is she evil? And I noted, well, she uses an iPhone, so. I don't think she's evil. We'll let it play out. But it's true. You, if you see it now, if you go back and look, like in any entertainment, if people are using, if they're using iPhones and other people will have Androids if they're the bad guy, it's the nuttiest thing. But, uh, you know, I guess if you want, if for, it, maybe they're a little more uh, cognizant of brand awareness than we are. Maybe, but it just seems really, really dumb, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I, and, and look, look, and, and I, I'm very, very careful when I say this because I'm, I'm aware I'm talking to an American, an American show and everything, but it seems like the worst of America in the same way you can get the worst of England and the worst of Britain. It seems the worst part of America is like, no, we can never be the bad guys. That kind of side, side of America, which I, it, it's, that there's several sides of, as I say, there's several sides of the UK I'm not proud of. It's funny you mentioned that because I've, the other thing I've noticed on TikTok is that uh, that in that low quality video I was talking about seems to thematically go with a part of America I wouldn't necessarily be proud to talk about, if you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not saying yeah. there's a correlation there, but you know maybe Apple was onto something. You also want to talk about dumb. Uh, I don't know how popular Ted Lasso is over in the UK. Um, oh man! I don't so even know good. when it airs, uh, or how if it airs on uh, Apple TV Plus on the same schedule or not. Apple TV, yeah. But you know, you want to talk about dumb? I actually noted. Oh, they're using iPhones. It's a show produced by Apple TV. Well, what do you think they're going to use? You know what I'm saying? Android doesn't exist in the world of Ted Lasso, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's what I'm more noticed. I was like. Uh... Wow, like obvious for obvious reasons, it's Apple TV, but it's like, wow, I have never seen uh, uh, that many people only with exclusively Apple products. This just, it, it sort of almost, almost took me out of it because I just, it was so notable. Everything was an Apple product mm -hmm. but to the point where the just real world just isn't like that. It's just, it's kind of weird. So is the show getting the same kind of attention there that it's getting here? It's getting a good heap of attention over here. I mean, I think obviously where it's a, a great collaboration between America and the UK, it's shot over here. Uh, yeah, it's got, I'd say it's not because Apple TV probably isn't that big over here. Um, but like, you know, anyone's got an Apple product, you get so much free with that. Um, and uh, there's certainly a, a good awareness of it, but I don't think it's gone quite as mainstream as it might have like mm. it was on Netflix, for instance. I, I, but, um, you know, what's yeah. funny is I don't know even know if, because it all comes back to Apple, I don't know if I would even be watching Ted Lasso right now. One, because, you know, look, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I don't like watching it on BBC America. Let's just put it that way, okay? But even I've gotten to the point now where I'll acquiesce and watch it after the fact because the uh, I think uh, it's Pluto or, or something along those lines that I get BBC America through. I can at least watch it commercial free so it's far less painless. In other words, I'm not going to alternative methods to get my entertainment anymore. Uh, I don't know if I would be watching Ted Lasso, but because of my AT&T package – no, wait, that's how I get HBO Max – I keep buying Apple products on such a schedule that I've always got Apple TV Plus for free. That's where I'm going with that. So, you know, it, it, I don't even know if I'd watch the show if it weren't for having the devices. And and I think I just recently saw in the news as well that 
that Apple TV admitted they have less than 20 million subscribers, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to care and they're going to keep producing things because you know, if you buy an Apple TV product, it's that much of a perk to keep you or an Apple product that keeps you in Apple TV. And, and obviously all of these, all the Emmy nominations that Ted Lasso got, uh, and some of the notable yeah. wins that I got are going to, to help drive Apple TV more, which is sad because one of the more enjoyable shows for me, having been a former gamer, is Mythic Quest on Apple TV+. And it just came off of a really great second season where they did a great job of trying to shoot and tell the story amidst the pandemic of everything, you know, and trying to... Like, I don't even know how the hell Ted Lasso did season two, uh, given all things. Because I'm assuming, based on all the locations and everything, that production is there as well. I mean, there's certainly certain ways if you watch it where you can tell how it's kind of like uh, possible to bubble it up so obviously where they're in the football ground that's only a certain amount of people so if you've got a bubble there you can get away with that uh, there's certain things if you watch it really closely you can see how they've uh, worked with the COVID situation but uh, man I tell you uh, the thing for me about Ted Lasso which I absolutely love uh, Roy Kent uh, played by Brett Goldstein uh, I knew him, first of all, as a stand-up comedian, which is what he was originally. He then appeared in uh, Derek, which was one of the shows uh, from um, Ricky Gervais. Yes. And he's he's been on these things here and there. He does his podcast, Films to be Buried With, which had uh, Kim Smith, amongst many others, on there. Mm. Um, and it's all about, like, uh, if you were to die uh, and you were going to heaven, what movies would you take with you? So, like, what was the first movie you remember seeing? What was the movie which uh, made you happiest what's the movies make you sad it's this kind of thing it's kind of desert island discs if you haven't heard of that but for movies and uh he's such a sweet lovely guy but his voice is actually quite light and it's like hi i'm brett goldstein it's like he's quite a very sensitive very lovely guy so when i first saw him do well again and he's, he's talking like this it's like man that's great acting because i just know what a lovely light guy he is i think what i loved was him on one of the late night talk shows, I think it might've been Kimmel, but I can't tell from, cause I just remember him. I don't remember who he was talking to, but I, I loved his description of it that, you know, as they were coming to, to wrapping the writer's room before shooting, he, there was something about Roy Kent that he thought, and, and this is the, the loose quote was that, you know, I, I just felt he was growling inside of me. And, and that's true because you hear him speaking and telling that story this is a much lighter, warmer person, and there and Roy Kent is very uh, gruff, and he is very contained in almost everything he says. So uh, I loved that bit of description, but also having seen the the real person versus the character, yeah, that's some some great acting, and I think the Emmy uh, win was very well earned. Oh, amazing! And the guy's just—he's so talented. He's, he's a writer as well. He writes on uh, Ted Lasso as mm -hmm. well as um, Soulmates on um, on Amazon. If you if you want to check that, it's a really great show. So it's based in the world where everyone can on an app get their foolproof soulmate and all the challenges that presents to the world. So you get married couple who suddenly find their soulmate on this app who isn't their partner. And you get other people who like, um, you know, travel around the world to find their soulmate, getting sorts of scrape. It's a great series, and each episode standalone, it's really good. He he produced on that. I got really thrown for a second. I'm like, wait, this sounds familiar, but then I realized it very me way very well may have been a send up of the show. 
uh, because there was an episode of Rick and Morty where that's how aliens infiltrate a society is that, you know, they, they, they get, they create this app where people get paired up with supposedly their perfect matches. And then, you know, the chaos that ensues through that. Uh, but yeah, I just amazing guy. It's just so nice to see someone like that. Who's so mega talented, but it's like, um, very hard for someone to get recognized in the way he has and and rightly so he's just so talented and it's just nice to see it happen for such a deserving um say talented writer as well as actor let me ask you another question squeeze we're, we're wrapping up here and moving into the last 15 minutes uh because my family has been having to deal with a problem that i have i i may as well admit it here I, i've admitted it on my show i may as well make the admission to you as well i have an addiction that addiction is apparently in integrating smart technology into the home when nobody asked for it. Right, right, right. So I'm wondering, in your home, how much do you have that you would consider smart tech? And what is it? Without going too much into detail, like anything you don't want to talk about. Not that I think there's any smart tech you know, people would think of as their unmentionables. But, you know, just in case, you can feel free to admit that. No, no, I, I've got annoyingly few smart tech things. I, I want more gadgets and stuff. Like, I, I want a big screen smart TV. Uh, I've got an embarrassing normal TV. Uh, you've got to plug stuff in to make it go smart. It's, it's very embarrassing. But the, my problem is, the thing which I get told off for, is that in our kitchen, uh, we moved into this house uh, in January, and it's a lovely big house. Uh, the studio I'm in now is it's like a spare room. This is our office come studio for podcasting. Uh, I work from home now, so uh, it's wonderful. The only trade-off was it was a bit of a smaller kitchen. And I keep on getting told off Nick by Nicola for getting more and more gadgets for the kitchen. She's like, we haven't got any guns. That um, coffee bean grinder, as opposed to just getting ground coffee beans already, takes up space we don't have on the counter that gadget for like steaming rice like you don't need all five devices which can do the same thing in the kitchen so i actually i mean this this shows how middle-aged i've got as well like it's like all the text going into the kitchen i i completely get it we've got a, a five shelf air fryer that was gifted to us though uh but you know i for the longest time i've had a, a dual layer steamer so you could do vegetables and rice or fish and rice and all that jazz um and now i'm I've come to realize, well, you know, if I use that, it's like four parts to have to wash. But if I just use, a, you know, a pot with a lid and a basket, I could steam the broccoli the same way and it's less <laughs> things to clean. So I, I, I appreciate that. I, and I get where you're coming from. Uh, no, it's gotten it's gotten bad in here. Like, for example, there is a there's a lava lamp you can't see up to the left of the corner that's on right now. And I could say, computer, turn off my lava lamp and it will. Okay. See, so that's off now. And, and it's gotten to the point where I've gotten so addicted to smart plugs. Well, first of all, I found out that the, the home assistant can tie into the alarm system. So that is tied in there. Not necessary. But smart plugs are the way you really get dangerous. Because, for example, and I can't say this out loud, but I can say, I can come in here and I can tell that thing, view screen on. And I'm sitting here in front of one, two, three, four, five. I got more problems than just smart homes, obviously. Uh <laughs> but I've got five monitors in front of me right now. If I say that, it turns them, it, whether I ask on or off, they all go on or they all go off. Obviously, it's the Star Trek nerd in me to do that. But it's also the stupidest answer because it's just one smart plug and it's one electric strip. 
But the whole reason why I did that is because I would never turn these monitors off because I'm too lazy to hit one, two, three, four, five power switches. And then I discovered that they will recover from power loss by automatically coming on. And I'm like, oh, I can work with this. <laughs> I, I do the same thing with the holiday decorations. They're always on a smart plug, so that way it's got an automatic timer. You can tell that thing to turn on the holly jolly. Everything lights up. The the what, some things I don't understand though, like my oven. I, I was I was trying to be sly. You were talking, and I was covering my mouth, and I was telling the oven to preheat because I'm cooking dinner after this. Yes, it's it's only coming up on seven o'clock here, and it's late dinner. I admit it, but it'll cook in thirty minutes. No worries. Um, so I was doing that, and and at first I was like, well, why do I need a smart oven? But it came with it, so I didn't argue, and I used it. I preheated the oven on the way to the store knowing what I'm going to cook. I see a benefit there. We just had to replace the refrigerator. It doesn't have a smart display, but for and I haven't hooked it up, but it's got a smart connection. And if it is solely for me to be able to, like, change the temperature on the refrigerator, what's the point? I mean <laughs> – I thought the same thing about washers and dryers, but apparently if we were to get new ones of those, which we're having to shop for right now, if you connect up the smart devices, the washer can tell the dryer the relative size of the load and type of load, so that way it can know it needs to start getting ready. Or, more to the point, if you're running both at once, it'll say, hey, I'm going to be done in 15 minutes. If you're not, maybe you should kick it up a notch. And and that's a level of integration I could at least appreciate, but still don't think I need. But man, I'm like uh, in in my family room now. It's gotten even worse because uh, I have the uh, Logitech Harmony system and hub. So once you do that, you can go into my family room and say, turn on the big screen. And it'll turn on the TV, the AV receiver in the right order. And now I've made it even worse because for other projects, I, I bought the um uh Philips uh hue lighting uh and and it's stuff that would work with that HDMI connector you get. So now I've got two H I've got two hue lights that project kind of behind the TV and they go and blend in with the environment. Because I decided if I'm not going to be going to the cinema anytime soon, I was going to bring a better experience home and I already had these lights. Uh which has has really changed the TV game, like when you see the Marvel opening tag uh, happen and all the different colors that happen, the reds, the orange, the flash of green when Hulk comes on and everything. It's amazing to see. God awful annoying, though, when, you know, you're, you're just trying to get into something and and suddenly the, I have one light behind and it's going off, too. So I've kind of gone off the bend, but it's nice to hear that at least your purchasing is a little more sensible. It's just going in that annoying way of convenient uh you know, cooking devices. And, and my wife is the same way. She doesn't believe we need half of these items. And, but you know, when, when you try and explain, but I need this breakfast sandwich maker because I can make a perfect breakfast sandwich in five minutes in it. And it's, it's, and it looks like a McDonald's egg McMuffin or whatever. I can just, I can do that right there. This is why I need this. And then she's like, well, where are you going to put it? And I'm like, I don't know. And then she's like, why do you need eight different ways to make coffee? And then I have to remind her, actually, it's nine. And that doesn't get me into any better water as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that, that's not working in your favor. No, but like no. I said, the, the thing is, all I'm getting from this is I'm pretty sure when your washing machine starts talking to your dryer, that's the first step to Skynet. No, no, I, that's I'm already, sure it, that's that these is, things yeah. sitting here. You see them behind me. This is, that's actually yeah. an Amazon Echo 
right there. It just I have it triggered to computer because I don't want it doing things when I'm on the show. This is the uh, the Google Home. I don't know why I've even got it. I never use it, although there is a digital display one we were gifted that's in the kitchen. Uh, and and I've got two robots back here who too. I got problems, man. I, I'm amazed nobody has scheduled an intervention in my life yet, saying you don't need these things. And no, <laughs> I don't have a Vector 2.0 pre-ordered and just waiting for it to show up. You see, my worry is it's not just um, not just that you've got a problem. It's the most embarrassing AA kind of meeting. It's like, hi, my name's Will. I kind of like uh, smart tech. It's 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 not the you know. Um, and and I I nearly killed the family by driving while I was drunk. Like that's a big no. huge admission. Like it's like uh, no, I just buy stuff I don't need really. Yeah, no, no. It's like, the, and this is the reason why I have to look into my eighteen year old's face and explain why we can't pay for college. You know, that's the <laughs> kind of thing I have to live with. Uh, you know, looking at my youngest now, my seven year old, saying, "Yeah, you know, uh, I hope you're good at saving money now because you know we're pointless for your future." But Dad's got almost three robots now and two three D printers. But let's not get into it. Have you? Uh, uh, it's, it's when you're in prison. It's like, uh, what are you in for? I killed five men just because one of them looked at me a bit funny. What are you in for? Tax fraud. It's it just doesn't pack the same punch as all. No, I'm it saying. doesn't. What are you in for? Well, overextended. Got another three D printer because I couldn't quite print an entire Mjolnir hammer, uh, Thor's hammer in one print. That's what I needed to go for. Man. Yeah. I got problems. Yeah. But, you know, there are some things, too, that, like, for me, just technologically speaking, I understand why I do them because they seem to benefit what I do. For example, uh, getting a new uh, digital DLR camera in order to uh, – for, for this. You don't get the good camera. My stream gets the good camera, but that's just because I wasn't going to rewire the studio for this. No offense, sir. Um, no problem. But, you know, at the same time – I'm a 50-year-old guy that is broadcasting content for a podcast that generally goes out for free. So did you really need the camera? Thank goodness I've got my Patreon supporters to at least fund those things. Now I just need to figure out a way to get a big enough Patreon following to where I'm not spending that money for the studio and I can pay for the Kitsch College, I guess, is where I'm going with that. What about you, though? I mean, you've kind of you've been in the home. I, I, I just prefer to think of it as as home broadcasting now, because one way, shape or form, you're sending some stuff out. How have you uh, in the one and a half minutes we got to wrap this up uh, before we once again remind everyone the good cause and move on to the next subject? Um, how, how have you how, how have you walked that fine line between, oh, I really want a good setup and, you know, I've got to live. What what are the what do you do there? I mean, to be honest with you, uh, the one real extravagance I've got is the uh, new base unit I've got for my computer. So previously, I was always on laptops, served me very well. But I was very aware I was always hopping from like the uh, next computer that would do to the next. Like you know, I just wear one out until it's kind of out of shelf life. And I decided just really spend some money on the base unit, and I was like. Uh, Okay, Nicola, look, look, I'm going to justify this. Like, uh, I could either buy one for, for 300 quid, which would do for a few years, and then we'd have to do it again. Or I could spend like a grand on a computer, and we don't have to worry for a while. The credit card might melt a little bit in the meantime, but other than that, we're all smooth sailing. Like, I just got a promotion at work. Please, please, please. Go, yeah, okay, fine, just do it. You know, just shut up. 
as long as I don't have to talk to you about it, it's all good. So that's my kind of main thing. The only thing I really want now, I've, always, I've wanted this for quite a while, is a, uh, I've got an H1 Handy Mic, which is a very nice uh, bit of kit. It's very great at doing uh, home recording and taking it to events. Um, now I'm kind of working more of a video setup to take with me events, but that's another story. Uh, I, I've always wanted the kind of most up-to-date handy mic. I think it goes up to H6 at the moment. H7 must be on its way. And I, I just want one of those because you can use that to plug in other microphones to your microphone. And that seems like wizardry to me. So I, I'm not like the biggest tech head for kind of stuff like that or net head, if you will, huh? just to tie it all in. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I can afford it, I do like a good gadget and, uh, I'm actually just, I think the only reason why I'm tempted to get promoted at work is just to buy more junk that I don't need and still pay for, uh, like I'm now engaged to Nicholas. So it's like, we're, we're saving up for a wedding and there's no way I can excuse any tech purchases unless I get promotion. I think I solely want to be promoted so I can waste money on tech. That's exact. I, I, I fully endorse and support that. So if she doesn't just, you know, ring, ring up your buddy. Well, I'll help you make you feel better. Uh, anyway, for all of you that are NetHeads listeners, thank you very much for tuning in for this special episode for listening to the podcast. Remember, go to drsquee.com anytime after you hear this D O C T O R S Q U E E.com. Uh, to go ahead and donate to uh, Phoenix Rehoming, uh, getting getting uh, dogs their forever homes, uh, and and obviously a very worthwhile cause all the time, but especially now that we're we're hopefully coming out of these pandemic times, and the and dogs need homes, folks. So please uh, provide your support. Now, any last words for you, sir, before you boot me out the door? Only that we've had another donation, so I get to ring the little donation bell. He says I don't have top flight tech here. Uh, we're up to now uh, £515 of an original target for £500. It's absolutely astounding, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm hoping to get up to at least 550 by the end of the event, uh, which by now is quite a, a, a modest feat, hopefully. Uh, if needs be, I could probably top it up by now if, if it comes to it by the end. Uh, but please do donate because I'll donate some at the end anyway. And it would be wonderful to beat last year's uh, total was, I think, £542. We just want to beat that and uh, do the best to save more dogs like uh, our beloved Benton. Well, hopefully that l the last £10 that came in weren't, you know, saying donating this so you get that yank off the air. I hope that wasn't what happened. No, that no requests were given to yank the yank. Yay. Well, uh, well, you know, I bet you for a hundred pounds. Hey, oh. well, sir, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, taking part in these events. It's always just, uh, just such fun to catch up with you. My pleasure, sir. And, uh, and have a fantastic one as well. Thanks for having me. This is NetHeads signing off. Oh. I know. Right. But stop being a little Nancy and deal with it. <laughs> Netheads. 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 We'll be back soon. Goodbye.